out here for the first time, you've come at the right time. This is a good season to come, and tonight is going to be an awesome moment, and I just believe God has got something powerful, He has got something powerful to share with you tonight. It is a good night for you to come if you're here for the first time, if you come back. Again, um, we are in the first week of our Hunger series. Uh, last week, Jaden ended up our Resolve series, and he spoke really well on the power of prayer and fasting. He spoke about, you know, prayer has great power, the Bible says, great power. But what happens is we can turbocharge our prayer power by adding fasting to our prayer. He said a two-wheel drive will get you a lot of places, most places in fact, but there's some places that only a four-wheel drive, when you add those two other wheels, can get you. And it's the same with prayer. Normal prayer, it can, it can produce phenomenal power, great results in your life. There's some places where only fasting added to your prayer will get you. And so we are in the middle of a three weeks of prayer and fasting right now. We're on day seven. Um, some are going fully with just liquids. Some are just going to the Daniel fast, which is pretty much you don't eat, eat anything yummy. Um, no, joking. You, you, you can, you know, all food tastes good if you do it right. If you do it, if you do it right, I'm still learning. Um, so the Daniel fast, some are going one day, three days, skipping lunches, whatever. Some are just doing social media, etc. But you know, it's not too late for you to jump on board. You can jump on board for now and join us for the next two weeks. It's going to be powerful. We're going to put up a link on the screen. Um, and it's oceans.church forward slash hunger. That's going to give you everything you need to know about this. You can take it, take a photo of it, write it down, write it down in your notes. Click on that. It's got how fast, why we fast. Everything you can need and great resources on there. So please make the most of that. We've put a lot of effort into that for you. Um, and so we've been praying at our hour of power. Every weekday we meet right here between 6 and 7 a.m. Right here and in Albany as well and online. We are praying. You know, there's about an average of 25 people that are praying for you, that are praying for our team, that are praying for this church, for the city. Um, every single weekday morning. It is phenomenal. You know, can I say, not many ch churches actually have that. Like, let us not take it for granted. This is a move of God that God is doing. There, there's something serious that God is doing when people gather together to pray that much. And so you're invited also to join us here um, 6 to 7 a.m. every weekday morning for the next two weeks. Or online if you prefer to stay in your dressing gowns and pray with this from your bedrooms. And... And we, the reason we're praying is we are believing for miracles. We're believing for God to do what only He can do. So this specific week, and at the end of the um, message tonight, we're going to be giving you the opportunity to be, to be prayed for. We've been like, building up this bank of prayer for the last week up until this moment, culminating to this moment. So please make the most of it. We're going to be praying for physical healing. If any of you are sick, or you're pain in your body, you've got things going, Jesus is a healer. He, he is alive, he's resurrected, he can heal tonight in response to our prayer. And we're praying for emotional healing, for freedom from addiction. If you're addicted to anything from Nurofen to cocaine, um, everything in between, to food, to methods, whatever. Um, we're believing for breakthrough, for freedom from addiction. We're believing for some of you to be free from habitual sin in your life. That thing that you want to do, but you just can't stop doing it. We're believing, for, it's what we've been praying for over the last week. We're believing for breakthrough. We're believing for freedom from even demonic oppression, where, where, where there's been evil spirits or things that have been at you. We're just believing for freedom for you tonight. And so that is what we're going to be having at the end of this message. Um, and so the title of tonight's message is Hit the Floor to Receive God's More. 
And we repeat that after me. Hit the floor to receive God's more. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And so if you want to receive God's more, hit the floor. That's what I'm just talking about. So I'm going to start by praying and asking that God would really minister to us tonight. So why don't we just all stand up together, actually? Why don't we position ourselves and stand up together? Position our hearts as being hungry before God. Why don't you close your eyes and lift your eyes to Him in this moment? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have more for every single person here in this room, Lord. And I thank you that tonight, Lord God, you want to do something powerful. I thank you, Jesus, that your presence is right here with us now, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you want to do what only you can do tonight. And so tonight we open up our hearts. Maybe you want to lift up your hands right now to just express your hunger, to say, yes, God, I want to receive from you. I want to receive from heaven tonight, Lord God. We're hungry to hear what you want to say tonight, Lord God. And so, Jesus, I thank you for your anointing in this place and that you touch and meet every single person where they're at right now. Not where they should be, not where they haven't been, Lord, but where they are right now, God. And I thank you that your desire is to lead us into freedom so we can encounter the more that you have for us. In Jesus' name, we said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. You can take your seats. Very good. But I'm going to start off with a question, and it is this. It's very heartbroken, but does anyone, does anyone else remember that amazing restaurant chain called Sizzlers? Sizzlers. Oh, just, just let me hear the groans if you miss Sizzlers. We love Sizzlers. Sizzlers, for those that don't know, is a national, or used to be a national restaurant chain. And what you could do is pay a certain amount, and you could eat as much as you want of just about everything. It was phenomenal. You pay your amount of Sizzlers and you get there and, and, and you just be like, where do I start? I'm like, I'll come up with a plan for a bit of Sizzlers. Be like, what am I going to eat first? What, what, what's my miss? I try to eat a variety of everything. I know what I'll be avoiding, but I had a plan so as so I could maximise the, the opportunity that I had to take off this smorgasbord. There's like spaghetti bolognese. There's all kinds of um, what yell some foods out to me? Potato chips. Nachos. Soft serve. Nachos. Potato cake. Lettuce. Lettuce. That's it, Ice cream. Ice cream. That's right. You get that. Every salt, every cross. Potato gems. Pieces. Unbelievable. You guys are passionate about food. You can tell who's fasting. They're the ones that are shouting out. Cheese bread. Cheese bread. Five times emphasize, and you come over your plan, you'd eat it, and you get through savory, and then you'd like click into here, and you just get into that whole other stomach set aside for dessert. All that beautiful jelly, and then and the fruit, and the, oh, the fruit salad, it's very healthy choice. That's Daniel Fast Five's coming out right there. Chocolate mousse, all these things. It was amazing. Can I tell you, Sizzler's restaurant is a picture of God's more for you. God's God has. The, 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 the biblical terminology that God uses often is a banquet, a feast. There's, there's a smuggler's board. There's a, an unlimited more, if you like, that God has for every single one of us. God wants more breakthrough for you. He has purpose for your life. He has a great future for your life. And ultimately, God's invitation for us is that we would start to discover the, the, unlimit, the limitless depths of who God is. That God's invitation for all of us is to know more of God. 
We, we can never know God fully. He, he holds the universe in his hands. We haven't begun to discover even, even close to anything of what the universe actually is. And God invites us to discover the more that God has. And there's this smorgasbord that God has for us. But there's one key to receive the more. And that is that we need to come hungry to receive God's more. So I remember, if I knew that I was going to Sizzlers, I would plan. And I would go fasting. Not prayer and fasting, planning and fasting. Ready for my time at Sizzlers. I'd be like, I wouldn't be eating. So I'm thinking, I want to maximize this phenomenal, God-ordained, divine opportunity for me. And, and I wouldn't eat all day so I could maximize and come hungry as anything so I could make the most of that banquet. Limitless. No limit. Limitless opportunity that I had. And that's what I'd do. But the tragedy was when I didn't realize we were going to Sizzlers that night. And it's, it's, it's off the cuff. And I've eaten only a few hours before. I'll be devastated. And you go there, oh, you just knew it deep within. Oh, man, I'm not going to be able to eat as much as I normally do. Or am I the only one? <laughs> You're like all judging me. He's a glutton. Um, does he know that's a sin in the Bible? Um, and and but, but I, I, if I've already eaten, I'd be devo. But like, man, I'm not going to make the most of this opportunity. And see, your hunger levels will determine the extent to which you are filled. Our hunger levels determine the extent to which we are filled. And, and this is the same when it comes to being filled with the good things that God has for us and ultimately being filled with God, with the spiritual food, which is the only thing that will truly satisfy us. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. When it talks about righteousness, it talks about a relationship with God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be satisfied. You see, God longs to satisfy you. The Bible says He satisfies us with, the good, thing, with good things. He, God's disposition towards you is He wants to fulfill you. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to make you feel the, the, the greatest core of who you are, that deep sense of satisfaction. So there's no need to endlessly seek that satisfaction on the endless scrolling through the Facebook. One day I'll find something that will satisfy me. But the thing is, it's up to us as to how filled we are. And the thing that determines how filled we will be is how empty and hungry we come. You see, when we come partially hungry to sizzlers, we're partially filled. If we come bloated, full to sizzlers, we're going to just be in a little salad, a little rabbit meal. And it's the same with God. We can actually get bloated on the rest of the things the world offers. We can fill up with, with these appetite suppressants. You, you talk to smokers and, and it suppresses their appetite. They actually need nourishment, but their body is mistaken into thinking that it doesn't actually need it. And the same thing can go. We can fill our lives up with these appetite suppressants. We can go to the, you know, the usual thing, drugs, alcohol, um, things like that. We can, we can go to... Things like pornography and those other things that can satisfy or, or, or scratch an itch if you like. But we can also go to the good things that God has for us and actually seek out those things thinking they in and of themselves will satisfy us. But they're not the good gifts to be enjoyed, but not never to replace the satisfaction that God has for us. We can get bloated stomachs on Netflix. 
We can get bloated appetite suppressants on social media. We can get it with, with, with a lot of good things around our lives, but God's ultimate invitation is He wants us to access God. He wants us to access the, the limitless, the limitless more that God has for us. And God wants us to come empty and hungry to Him. Not already full on other things, which is why, partly why we're, we're praying and fasting. David in the Bible said, he, he said, I hunger and thirst like I'm in a desert, in a parched place. I, I thirst. My physical thirst is only an indication of my spiritual thirst. My physical hunger is only a mere indication of the reality of my, my spiritual hunger for the truth and one thing that truly satisfies me. And so get this. Our access to the unlimited more of God our access to the unlimited more of God will be either increased or decreased in direct proportion to our hunger levels. So our hunger levels will determine how much of the smogger's book of God you get to fit in. If you want to receive the more of God, the key is hunger. So why does hunger give us access to the more of God, if you like? And next week, Jess is going to be speaking, like um, she mentioned, and I'm very, very excited about that. It's going to be a great message in this hunger series. But why does hunger give us access? Well, it's this. It's because hunger is a posture of humility. Hunger literally says, I don't have what I need, but I position myself to receive what I do need. Hunger, hunger communicates humility. It's a posture before God. And what God says in James chapter 4, verse 6 is this. He says, God opposes the proud. I don't need you, God. He's like, okay, good luck with that. I love you. I'm always available. Come to me. Good luck with that. Cool. Hopefully one day you, you will come back. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah, to those who say, God, I'm hungry for you. I need you in my life. And that word grace isn't only talking about forgiveness of sins. It's talking about God's favor, his disposition towards you is to, to bless you, to favor you, to, to fill your life with good things. God wants to pour out his grace to the humble. And there's a key account in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that I'm going to just touch on tonight um, before, we start, before we go into praying. And it comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You can read out the whole thing there. But this was about King, Joseph, King Jehoshaphat, who is the ruler of Judah at that time, which is a nation that was meant to follow after God. And Judah experienced that the key to God's more was through his hunger before God. And so what happened, the context is, is that three whole different nations declared war on Judah, on King, King Jehoshaphat. They said, not only one, but three invading nations around him joined forces to annihilate and wipe Judah and King Jehoshaphat off the face of the earth. And this was Jehoshaphat's response. 20 verse 3 is simply this. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. He knew he was a goner. He looked at his army, he was like, it's a great army, but it's a little bit like Ukraine versus Russia. Um, sorry. <laughs> so have you ever been in a situation where you too have been overwhelmed? I know, I know I have, absolutely. Terrified, overwhelmed, what's coming around the corner? I, you know that, that fear, that thing that just grips your heart. Your heart, I've, 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 experienced, I've even experienced it sometime in the next last month or so. Has been, there's, there's been moments where... It just gets you. You're like, what is, what is happening here? Overwhelmed. Where things are out of control. 
I mean, feeling surrounded, fearful of things in the future. Will I get COVID? What will happen to me if I get COVID? Fearful of the result of COVID and the, the ensuing decisions that other people have made that have affected our lives in significant ways. Fear for your family. You're terrified about what might be around the corner. And like I said, you know, Jess and I have experienced levels of, of that same intimidation where you've got three armies around you surrounded. No way out, no other answer, like the whole church building situation going, nah, we're, we're terrified in, to some degree where your emotions just go, and all of us have faced that to one extent or another. But what Jehoshaphat did is he remembered a promise. He remembered a promise that had been passed down from king to king to king that he inherited for himself. And this was a time for him to put that promise into action. It was a promise that was given to King Solomon at the dedication of the temple when King Solomon was the second king of Judah. And this was the promise for Israel if they ever got into trouble, even if it was their own doing that got them there. And this was the promise. If you, my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and you pray and seek my face, you turn from your wicked ways. In other words, don't follow your own ways. Stop trying to figure out yourself and rejecting my ways, but come turn, come back to me. Drop the things you've been holding on to. Now hold on to me, trust into me. Live according to the way that I desire that you live. Then I will hear from heaven. I'll not only forgive your sin, but I'll heal your land and I'll, I'll come and I'll rescue you. Even from the from the most the farthest end of the earth, I will rescue you from the most dire of situations if you do that. And so the crux of the promise is essentially stop living your way, start living God's way. Turn and humble yourself. And biblical um, often throughout the whole Bible, um, to humble yourself more often than not actually meant to fast. Fasting is, is a real tangible way. To humble yourself before God. Some people think, what's humbling? Oh, I'm so bad, I'm so bad. Well, well, really what it is, it's the posture of going, God, I need you. I come empty. I've got nothing before God. And biblical fasting is, is talks about biblically humbling yourself before God. God, we hunger after you. We have a posture of humility before. But we need you, God, more than food. We need you, God, more than these other things that can bloat our lives up and suppress our appetite. We need you, God. And so what did Judah do? Verse 3, he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Daniel, can I do the Daniel diet? No! And then, so Jehoshaphat, he added fasting onto his prayer, and this was his prayer. It's a beautiful, simple prayer, one that I think we can all learn from. It's simple, but so powerful. Verse 12. He says, We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We are powerless. There's nothing we can do. We've used all our resources. We've called up our friends. We've done the Google search. He's looked at his kingdom. He's seen the size of his army, the gold reserves. They're like, they've, got, they've got absolutely nothing. They don't have the intellect to argue or, or whip themselves out of it. They're cornered, they're hemmed in, they're surrounded and hopeless. We're powerless against this mighty army that is about to devour us and attack us. He says then, he says, we do not know, I love this line, we do not know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. I think it's such a powerful prayer. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you. I don't know what to do, but I look to you. 
I'm lifting, I'm lifting my eyes off what I see around me. I don't know what to do about these invading armies. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond the end of the end of the end of myself. Don't know what to do, God, but look into you. This was the prayer of King Josiah. I know what you've been going through. For myself, I know there's many times. I just, I don't know. I don't know. You've heard all the wisdom and all, you, you talked to all the friends, you've read the books, you've done, you've done all the stuff you meant to do. But still you find yourself in this place. I don't know what to do. And the interesting thing is that this place where Jehoshaphat was, or this, more like this, this posture, was exactly where God wanted Jehoshaphat to be. Because God knew that it was his hunger that would enable Jehoshaphat to receive God's more, his humility. See, God wanted to display his goodness and his love. He wanted to show he cared. He wanted to show the nation of Israel like he wants to show us. And he's a loving father who cares for us, who wants to fight on our behalf. But what matters more than anything isn't where we go, but the posture that we take on before God. So Jehoshaphat came empty. He came desperate before God. Let me tell you, we are all desperate towards God. You might have appetite suppressants. Things might be going well in your life, supposedly at the moment. But the truth is, we are desperately dependent on God for our next breath. We need Him so much. And this is the posture that Jehoshaphat, that Jehoshaphat had. And can I tell you, this is not a position of disempowerment. This is actually the most empowered position you could ever be. When you feel disempowered by what's going on around you, when you feel like you, you finally let go of all these other things you've been holding on to for so long, can I tell you, that is actually, you feel disempowered, you're feeling sad, but you are, you've never been more empowered in your life. Because God gives grace to the humble. And this was God's response. He sent the prophet to tell this to King Jehoshaphat. He said, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He says, don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Can I tell you tonight, I strongly feel that in this moment. Don't be discouraged. Don't, just don't. Don't be discouraged. Get your courage back. Pick up the courage again. If you've dropped it, don't be discouraged. This is like the invitation from God saying, pick it up again. Pick up your courage. Don't be discouraged by the things that are going on around you. You feel hemmed in and there's no way. You're faced with your own muck and limitations and everything going. But God is saying, don't be discouraged tonight by this mighty army. For the get. Do you know why? Because the battle isn't yours anyway. It's God's. The battle is not yours, it is God's. You will not even need to fight. But take your positions, really, that posture of humility. And in a way, there's an invitation to stand with courage. Don't, don't make flighty decisions. And then stand still and watch the Lord's victory for you. He is with you, O people of Oceans, of Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them. Face up to your fears. Hold your head up. Don't cower or sling. Hold your head up. Go out. Don't be afraid. Face it. Go out against it tomorrow. Why? For the Lord is with you. For the Lord is with you. And this is God. Come on, I reckon God deserves a big round of praise for that. He's so good. I've got... He, what he's saying is, I'm with you. He's saying, I've got this. You can stop fighting. 
Let me fight for you. Take the battle from your hands and put them into God's hands. There's like a battle going on. Take it out of your own hands. Give it into his hands. And I'll release my power to bring about a victory. So Josiah's like, all right, we'll go out and stand and watch. And I think this is the humorous part of the story. I like to think that King Jehoshaphat, he got his, like, his um, cabinet together. He had an army there and different governing authorities. He's like, all right, so we're meant to go out and stand against them. Okay, army, you're up. And the army's like, <laughs> like, no, we're not going out first. But a young, enthusiastic worship leader called David Cowan at the back's like, we'll go, we'll go, we can do it. We'll go in front, we'll stand against them. And the whole worship team's like, not again. <laughs> Shut up, no. <laughs> so, so King Jehoshaphat says, all right, good, you guys are first. Thank you, Lord, we've got provided. And so they sent the worship team ahead of the army. I mean, come on, how crazy is that? And so the army went. And so it says, 2 Chronicles, verse 22, it says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of them. Do you know what they began to do? Oh, this is so powerful and it speaks to us. This is what we need to do. When we're surrounded, when we're hemmed in, when there's no way out, what they began to do is they began to sing. They began to sing. Even though they were surrounded, they didn't deny the reality of the three armies around them. They didn't pretend, no, they're not there. It's like, uh, yeah, some Christians are weird like that. No, 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 it's not there. But like, no, it is. It's pretty crazy. This is overwhelming right now. God's like, be real, be cool. Recognize the facts. But God says, above the facts is my truth. So even though they were surrounding my three armies, they began to sing, and this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Let's repeat that three times together and just take that into your heart. Let's repeat it. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Over your situation. Give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love endures forever. Come on. Thank you, Lord. In and out of every season, no matter what you see going on around you, God is faithful and His love endures in and out of every season. They were in the middle of their mess while they were still surrounded. God had apparently abandoned them. That was what the evidence was like. The enemy wants to come to you and say, you crazy Christian, they're all about hype and emotion. They're all about kind of crazy. It's like, they're crazy. They're not real. I just got to be real. It's like, no, well, it's like the enemy comes in and goes, look, see, see, the church thing. Nah, it's not going to work. The dinner party, the read your Bible, the pray the God thing, throw it out. It's not working. See, 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 evidence. And you know what? If we stop there, yeah, yeah, true. We can go home. All right, you're right. The devil's not wrong a lot of the times. Yeah, it can be a hopeless situation. But the truth is that God has all authority about anything that the devil wants to come and bring against us. The evidence was plain to all to see it. They began to worship God before they had the answer, before they had the breakthrough. We don't know what to do, but we look to you. We praise you. We worship you in the middle of what we're going through. And that's what we're going to be doing in a few moments. And it says, at the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, 
the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. How amazing. God had fought on their behalf. See, when you humble yourself and elevate who God is, you see the power of God release into your situation. See, God, God wants to actually fight your battles for you. And so as you humble yourself and lift up Him up, He will. He'll fight for you. You know, some of you have been devoured, if you like, from the enemy, from the devil. I don't know if you believe in the devil here, but let me tell you, he believes in you. And, and, and he wants to destroy your life. He does. But the good thing is Jesus has won the battle. But some of us, we can find ourselves in different facets of our life, our heart and mind, our soul, fire, whatever, family, things going on with the devour the devil, seeks to kill and destroy. And let me tell you, it's impossible for us to win the spiritual fight. We are gone in a second. We have no power. Of the devil, we have zilch. We are done for. But can I tell you, we have access to a power that can instantly destroy the devil. In James 4, verse 6 to 7, it continues on. God opposes the proud. I don't need to God, but he gives grace to the humble. So therefore, submit yourselves then to God. Humble yourself. Come humble for God. I submit. God, I humble myself before you, God. All you need to do is just resist the devil. He will flee from you. Where once he sought to devour, when you humble yourself before God, you just resist. In an instant, it changes. And he'll flee. So if you want to have power over a force, so much more powerful than you, then humble yourself before God. And so I want to encourage you, invite you. You don't have to, but why don't you make the opportunity, most of the opportunity, and, and join us for this fast. Whatever you really do, it's all good. But make the most of these next two weeks. Empty yourself to be filled with God. If you like as well, embrace the hunger pains for greater spiritual gains. Embrace the hunger pains for greater spiritual gains. It will be absolutely awesome.